All right, enough already. Enough. Enough with the cold. Enough with the, the snow and the ice. It's March Madness, though. It is March Madness. So at least I have a reason to be <laughs> cooped up inside as opposed to the last three days where it was uh, mid, early mid-March and, uh, you know, foot of, foot of snow with, uh, with ice on top. But the meteorologist did not, did not get it entirely correct. But I would point out that it's not... Uh, it's not exactly an, an exact uh, science here, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine watching basketball for the next uh, <laughs> the next uh, 72 hours. I like how I like how everybody always inside, gets so. gets mad at the meteorologists because they should be able to predict exactly what's going to happen uh, on the planet Earth, you know. And when, when basically they're just reading uh, reading computer models, right, and trying to trying to figure it out, just uh, just like everybody else, you know. <laughs> Remember Channel Three? I tried to defend the meteorologist one time, and I got yelled at by my boss. So. Uh, Stick to soccer. No more weather talk. That's basically what she was telling me in uh, in other terms. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Kevin Kincaid, Dave Zeitlin. It's always soccer in Philadelphia. There we go. Great to be with you. Uh, yeah, as March Madness starts and the Philadelphia Union are unbeaten. Or are they winless? I don't know what they are. We don't really know yet. Um, yeah. What we do know is that uh, we saw a pretty entertaining game. That was a crazy game, yeah. It was, yeah. There was a lot going on in that, wasn't there? 2-2 Philadelphia Union, Toronto C. Do Toronto and Philly hate each other? I guess you can't call them up, call them um, rivals just because Toronto is really good and Philly's not. But it seems like this game, there's a lot of talk back and forth. I mean, during, after. so There were a lot of interesting heated. wrinkles, weren't yeah. there? I mean, I, I starting off, you know, Jay Simpson gets on the board early. And I think the team looked good early. Was creating a lot of opportunities. Uh, Ali Bedoya looked good going forward. Fabian Herbers as well. Um Harris Madunini then puts a diagonal ball into the box for Chris Pontius to, to knock down, and Jay Simpson uh, sort of crouches down and, and nods a header past Clint Irwin. Uh, one nothing Union. And then yeah. you see him. Uh, he didn't see it after the after the the goal at all necessarily, but then he uh, apparently was having trouble breathing, yeah. uh, came out of the game 15 minutes later, and we were talking with Jim on the conference call today, Thursday. Uh, bruised lung. And he spit out blood in the tail locker room. In the I mean, locker room, yeah. That makes him Philly tough. I think he's a he's a Philly hero. <laughs> Have you ever him... spit out blood after one of these podcasts? Um, no, but I think after this one I might, <laughs> depending on what happens in the first round of the tournament. Yeah. But uh, So to recap Jay Simpson's home debut, he scores 10 minutes in right in front of the uh, Sons of Ben. I mean, that's pretty cool. <laughs> he gets hurt. He gets hit in the ribs. He plays 15, 20 more minutes. He goes to the locker room, spits out blood, goes to the hospital. I mean, uh, that's a pretty memorable home debut for this guy. It's got to be some kind of hat. That's a nice right? goal, too. Uh, yeah, one goal, one <laughs> lung injury, and one uh, hospital trip. You know what? It's the the crazy thing about it is is that, and Jim mentioned this on the phone today. It just didn't look like there was a ton of contact there. Yeah, but, it, but he did. But he did say that it was. Um, it it did. You know, it was the contact from the from the goal where Clint Irwin. It's just kind of hard to see it from our angle, but I guess he does kind of come down on him pretty hard, you know. And then Jim said after the original hit with the goalkeeper, he does fall on it too. I guess it doesn't take much if you get hit in the right spot yeah. to to suffer yeah. something like that. You know? Yeah, it was hard to tell on the replays. And then Jim said today, he's, I think he said he was questionable. He'll, he'll probably find out now if he's making the trip while we're doing this podcast so so we'll find out soon but yeah if you had to guess it seems doubtful i mean like why bring him along to to that trip yeah i don't think he even travels because um you know the pattern has just been over the years that if these guys don't practice by midweek like if they're not full participants by tuesday or wednesday then they rarely if ever make it into the starting lineup or or even the 18 you know um which was the case i think even last week or the week before with 
with Elsino, you know, um, even though he was training, partially training in practice, he wasn't close to, yeah. to being in the 18. And Jim's code word for that, he usually says, uh, they'll be, uh, <clears throat> what does he say? They'll be in the, in the discussion. Is that yeah. what he says? Yeah. yeah. They'll be in the, the yeah. discussion, which means that they won't play. And they have options. I mean, obviously, uh, with, the with the no Simpson. Yeah. You have yeah. CJ, you have Herbert, so I guess could, could us. Uh, Slide over there, yeah. right? Yeah, if you need him, so yeah. And CJ came in and scored a goal last week, and it was a, a great goal, a, a, not a typical goal for him, where he's not a guy who's going to hang on the back shoulder like that, yeah, and wait and be patient, just peel off like that. But that was a really, really nice sequence for them, and, and especially well to back up. You know, you have the Simpson goal then, and then we have the the issue with the penalty, uh, the Union penalty. It's a, it's, it's a. I was talking about this on Twitter. Mark Geiger was kind of playing advantage but not really where there was a foul on Chris Pontius and he didn't call it and he allowed him to play the ball back to Harris Madunini and he blows the whistle Madunini lumps the ball into the box Fabian Herbers is taken down by Nick Hagland uh, on the edge of the box did you think that was a penalty did you think that was inside the box and uh, Jim said today that it probably wasn't either Jim kind of like admitted that during a call right oh did he I didn't even yeah he said he said it kind of like evened out you had that which was a tough one for them and then the uh, the uh, Josie fall down. Josie. Which so are we saying for them? So so does that pretty much? Are we pretty much in agreement then that the Josie one was kind of a makeup call? <laughs> it seems that way, but uh, Josie doesn't think so. No, as he tweeted after the game, and we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> but um, so yeah, so Bedoya comes up, steps up, he hits the uh, penalty off the underside of the crossbar, still one nothing. Then on the other end, Gooch um, has a bad foul. Gucci Anieu has a bad foul. Sebastian Javinko knocks him out of the game. Uh, sort of a knee on thigh, uh, and that was thigh bruise yeah. for Javinko. And that was controversial after the game, a little bit. Uh, um, Greg Vanny was asked whether he thought his players should be kind of like uh, given more preferential treatment. His stars, like, yeah, he, he, he like said Javinko something and, about so, uh, yeah. players. What, what is it? The players that people come to see. Yeah, yeah, meaning Javinko. So he thought the foul was a little bit hard on well, Gucci. They, well, it was a it was a hard foul, but it, it wasn't a card. I don't think. Yeah. Um, I mean, Vanny's comments are stupid because, first of all, who in Philadelphia is coming to see Sebastian Javinko? Everybody. You know? Well, I would hope not. <laughs> but I mean, even then, it's not – preferential treatment is not – there's a difference between trying to protect your star players or whatever and, uh, you know, giving preferential treatment to them. You know, when we had that spat of injuries uh, like five or six years ago and David Ferreira and Javi Morales and – um Somebody else all went. Was it Diego Valeri? I can't remember. Yeah. We all went down within like a couple of weeks of each other. There was you have to take steps to change the rules to protect those players, but it's not like hey, they come to see Javinko, so he should get these calls. You know, there's a there's a there's a way to implement that. But basically, there's a bad foul on the edge of the box. Yeah. Free kick comes in. Uh, Derek Jones kind of has his arms up uh, around Josie out the door, barely touching him, and uh, out the door goes down. They call a penalty, and then he converts it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's you know, and what they said after the game was, I, you know, the, the points of emphasis that uh, pro referees and MLS kind of some of the things that they addressed and some of the things that they're doing differently this year, looking more closely at, I guess I should say, one of them is the uh, the grabbing and the clutching and the the hands up inside the box, and um, you know, you just got to be mindful of that, right? Uh, Derek Jones, I, I, I wouldn't have Jones marking Josie in the first place. I know that Jones is a big guy, six foot two. He's just as big as Josie. He probably doesn't weigh as much as him. And uh, you could mark him, uh, you could have him mark him for, for size and for strength, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, put Gucci on him or put, um, you know, Richie Marquez on him because they understand there's kind of veteran 
you know, BS kind of moves, going down easy or getting the arms up around a guy or, or wrapping him or bracketing him or something like that. So I, I just I just think that, you know, structurally they, they probably could have played it a little bit differently. But um, So you thought it was a dive? Yeah, I thought he embellished it. But, you know, Jones did have his arms up around him. Right. And like I said, you know, if, if you know that the, the referees are going to be looking for that kind of stuff this year, then you just have to be ready for yeah. it. It was the same thing. Jim pointed this out, too, in the post game where he said, you know, last year you saw the same thing with uh, – with a lot of those red cards that were being handed out at the beginning of last year, you know, um, where they looked questionable. And then they, they kind of changed that five or six games in. They weren't handed out as many straight reds anymore. And some of those those studs up tackles, they kind of cooled off on that. But that was the same situation as this, where last year they made a concerted effort to kind of look more closely at those plays. So, yeah. And I guess that's mm-hmm. the uh, the um, kind of thing that uh, Jones like doesn't probably um, know yet. I mean, that's something he'll learn as he gets older. Right? Yeah. Yeah, having an inexperienced guy on a veteran like that. So the second half starts, it's 1-1. They should have been in the halftime 2 nothing, And uh, it's just a set piece, like 70th minute, and uh, Keegan Rosenberg kind of falls asleep on the back post there. They lump the ball over the box. Justin Morrow has time to bring it down, um, settle, and hit, hit one pass Andre Blake from like seven yards out. And, uh, you know, Keegan, to his credit, said in the locker room, hey, I'll, put my, I'll be the first guy to put my hand up and say that, yeah, that was my fault for letting him get behind me. Uh, Gucci Ania was also slow to get over there and cover, but it just looked like a, a breakdown all around, yeah? Yeah. Um, let's get to the tweet. Oh, you want to talk about yeah. that? Yeah. <clears throat> so, and then CJ comes down and scores another. Yeah. <laughs> but after the game, then, um, you know, the question I had for people was just, hey, Josie goes down the box, do you see it as a penalty? Um, Jim Curtin says, no, it's never a penalty. Uh, Harris Madunian says, no, it's probably not a penalty. Josie's a big, strong guy, and he goes down. Um, Alejandro Bedoya then says, do I have the transcript here somewhere? I do have it somewhere. Yeah, you asked the question, and he said he's a guy who who, uh, goes down easy. And he was was making a face where he was smiling. But as I pointed out, those two guys are good friends. So I think Ali took it as kind of like a a, um, lighthearted rib on him. And to to see Josie tweet that, which was a pretty, like, it was a pretty hard tweet. I think it took Ali by a surprise, don't you? <laughs> so, what was Josie's motive then for that? If they are friends, was he was sure. he genuinely I mean, pissed off? I think he was genuinely pissed because I think he just saw the quote sheet. Probably he saw the transcript. It seemed harsh. He's he may have thought he was being accused of a dive, and they kind of took him by surprise. I guess um, I'm not sure. But then Josie like erased the tweet after it. It I got. Well, the funny, thing, the funny thing about it was, and this is why social media is corny anyway, is that Josie says, uh, you'll say all of that, um, you'll accuse me of taking a dive or whatever, but you won't say it to my face. So, But right. Josie's saying that to him on Twitter. <laughs> instead of saying it, to, instead of just like going up to him after the game. And I'm sure like during the game, people were probably going up to him or even after the game saying, yeah, that was a, what was that, you yeah. know, you just took a flop or whatever. Um Ali's had this before, getting in these little Twitter beefs too, didn't he have one? Well, and it's not, you can't say, I, I think what Ali was saying about the thing being taken out of context was that the tweet that ended up kind of circulating was um, from uh, John Rossi, a brotherly game, and he, you know, he truncated it and kind of paraphrased it and just said, you know, he's the kind of player that goes down easy or whatever without the full quote in there. But, you know, I shared the audio of it, and uh, Dan uh, from Philly Soccer Page had, the video of it, so everybody got to look at the context of yeah. it and got to make their own judgment on it. And I, yeah. I, I, I you he know. said it. He said what he said, but he was laughing. So it's like he's like, "Hey, Josie does this. It's fine. 
Let's just move on. Jody yeah. and Josie probably blew it out of proportion. I think, you know, I think the conclusion that I came to on that is that Bedoya, we know he's a little bit of a shit talker. Yeah. Uh, Josie probably took a little bit of a flop. And so they're both probably, I don't but think anybody's, like, anybody's wrong. Either, right, but we like that. Like, we want Ollie to, like, tell us the truth and be honest. Like, we don't want those cl- those kind of, like, canned, uh, cliched quotes, right? I mean. Yeah. This, I just, I think he, I think there's a lot of stuff that, you know, I think these guys say some stuff and then they come back and they're like, oh, yeah, I didn't really mean it or you guys took it the wrong way. I think it's cheap to blame it on the media and say that it was taken out of context. But um, uh, instead of just saying it was taken out of context, just say, like, you know, we're, we've been friends for a while. I'm just ribbing him or I'm just throwing shade or something like that, which is really what it is. But everybody wants to try to take these things literally and yeah. um it got blown up probably when 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 we be. know as well as anybody that when two guys have a beef over something you just sort of blow up and then you're fine the next day yeah you know? I, I, that's exactly this what ain't, like, they are good friends they used to hang out yeah this isn't um all the time you know, the real housewives of um atlanta or something MLS. like that the, the real, real housewives <laughs> of uh major league soccer yeah the real us mnt players <laughs> of mls <laughs> new right. series coming to that's right ESPN. and it'll be terrible yeah <laughs> But um, um, one more thing from that game, um, Herbers with the assist. That was a great ball. Right? Yeah. Yeah, really nice assist. And also just, too, for them to um, to be able to come back right away and score um, as quickly as they yeah. did, too. Because that, that goal, after. yeah, the goal that Toronto scored to go ahead, that came pretty late in the game, relatively, you know, uh, 70-something minute, right? Yeah. 71st. And, um, you know, like we said, I mean, lesser Philadelphia Union teams have folded in those. Yeah, Herbers made a nice play in the middle of the field. He said uh, – he said, um, guys, we're getting tired of chasing him. I think he called out uh, Michael Bradley on the play. So, uh, oh, did he? Well, he got past him, uh, made the pass, and it was a great through ball right there. So, so Orlando uh, Saturday, no Kaka, obviously. Orlando um, actually didn't play last week because they were supposed to play in New England, and the game got canceled because of the weather. So they haven't played in two weeks, and the only game that they've played is at home in their new stadium. So I, I don't know. I mean, do you look at it as them being rested after two weeks, or do you do you say, like, hey, maybe yeah. they're like rusty because they've only played one game this year? It's a weird situation for them to start the season with two home games in their um, new building. Um, they had a win in in the opener of the stadium um, against NYCFC. Uh, that was a pretty good game. They won a, um, one nothing, I think. Kaka got hurt in like 10 minutes in, which yeah. was disappointing for them. Kyle Lyron played great. He had a great goal. So without Kaka, we asked Jim about this. It's kind of a different team. They throw uh, Giles Barnes in there, who's, who's a different player than him. And it's kind of a, faster team kind of more offensive now with uh, Kyle Lahren Carlos mm-hmm. Rivas up top right I mean what do you think about the matchup now without Kaka I thought yeah, yeah I mean I thought it was strange how Orlando came out in the season opener to be honest I mean like Will Johnson was playing right back yeah um and then you have Carrasco and Nocherino in there Higuita's on the bench uh it was some kind of like weird uh, it's almost like an empty bucket. It kind of looked like what the Union used to play back in the what Peter did, Novak days. Um, did Jim call it today? He called like a four-two-four or something. Yeah, yeah, which really isn't that uh, – it's really not that off base. I think he's probably right because you have Carrasco and Nocherino that just kind of sit there. And then when you have a Barnes playing on the left and um, – who the hell was playing on the right? Remind me again. Do we know? Um, it was Laren and Rivas at top. Rivas. Uh, Perez Garcia. Oh yeah, right? MPG right. Okay, yeah, so he, um, yeah, because him and Barnes play so far up. I mean, it does kind of yeah. look like uh, you know four <laughs> in the back, two in the middle that don't go anywhere. 
and uh, then the four up front, and that's okay. I mean, if it works, why the hell not? You know, if you have that two, if you have that double pivot that that's just sort of sitting there, yeah. then you can, you know, you're gonna need to pull the wings back yeah. sometimes, obviously. But um, I don't know. I really don't know what to expect. I mean, I think um, it looks I think like Barnes a, a, is a challenge for sure. But uh, you know, again, he's playing for a new team, so I don't, I don't, I don't really know. It looks like a, a cool new place. Did you watch that first game? I mean, they got a big crowd. Jim said cool. the crowd is crazy there. Yeah, what they you got say today, door. like a press conference, he gets like uh, police escorts when he's there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have that uh, the new. I think the defining feature at stadium was that they they ripped the off the yeah they ripped off the Borussia Dortmund thing, yeah, and um, had that standing room uh, only section for the supporters. You think that would go over in the Riverham? Standing. Yeah, I mean they stand the whole game anyway. Right? Yeah, and I think <laughs> there's been beef about that. You know, about people trying to sit down and stuff. So maybe that's that would be a. Yeah, probably work well. It looks um, pretty cool, like in Orlando, like it's really steep, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, I would say like maybe like a one-one. One-one sounds right. Are they just gonna tie every game this season? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I haven't seen anything. Would they make the playoffs <laughs> if they just every game they draw? Uh, what do you think? Well, I, you know, the Vancouver, the nil-nil, which we didn't talk about because we didn't do a, a pod after that. But I mean, that was a good result on the road. That's how you get in the playoffs. Yeah. You, you draw on the road and you win at home. So just like last week, when some some people were saying to me after the game, uh, you know, they went toe to toe with Toronto. See, they went toe to toe with the best team in the Eastern Conference. You know, shouldn't you kind of be happy about that? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, it was you, a, know, you had a chance to put the game result. away. Yeah, you had a chance was, to go up two yeah, nothing. Yeah. yeah. So I don't, I don't. Why, why, why settle for that when? Uh, you know, you're trying to turn a corner, you know? Uh, it's not that you went toe-to-toe with them. It's that you had a chance to win, yeah. and you didn't, so uh, glass. And plus, when you miss a, a PK, I mean, that hurts. Well, that too, and also the way that they gave up the second goal, you know? So I think when you take all that into consideration, I think, you know, the Negadelphia kind of reaction to it is is warranted, you know? And when I say Negadelphia, I mean uh, realistic. <laughs> so you say 1-1, one, one, so who's your uh, goal scorer? I think CJ gets one. CJ, back-to-back games? Yeah. I do. He always plays he has well in the season, spring. And he kind of has a swoon later yeah. in the year, right? Yeah, because even his yeah. 2015 season, he had one stretch there in, from April into May where I think he scored like um, four or five games in a row after he came back from the um, from the DUI suspension, which he never got charged for, or he never got uh, – he never was never found guilty of so. I'm calling a 2-1 win with the Gooch game-winning header on a corner kick in the 89th minute. In the spirit of March Madness, I'm just okay. gonna pick crazy upset picks that have no chance of happening. So speaking of March Madness, yeah, there we go. It starts today. Um, Kevin, hates we both upsets. watch different. Well, we both watch different college ba- basketball <laughs> yeah. too. You know, like my team has always played in a quote-unquote power conference or whatever, yeah. and uh, you and John went to um, Penn. You know. Uh, old school Ivy league team. Um, so yeah, you're like probably more, in, you're probably more inclined to like the underdog. So what we're talking about is a story that I wrote for another, um, for Philly views where I'm going to start, I'm going to start writing non-soccer stories for them. So if you want to go check them out, I'll, I'll put all that stuff up on my, my Twitter feed too. But, uh, yeah, I just wrote this column basically saying the Cinderella story is a little bit overrated. And the, the crux of the story was, was to say that those teams, those those minnows really aren't, at least in the last five years, there haven't been a ton that have advanced to the Sweet 16 or beyond. Um, you know, you always get that first round upset. There's always a 12-5, 13-4 in recent years. You know, West Virginia, we got our ass kicked by Stephen F. Austin last <laughs> year, and I watched it in person. It was terrible. Uh, but then Stephen F. Austin lost in the next round. And Middle Tennessee State, who won last year, who beat a number two Michigan State, they got killed by 25 points in the second round. Yeah. So um, I think it was the... 
idea of where I was coming from is it's nice these Thursday and Friday stories, but they don't really make it past the weekend, you know? Right. And yeah, that makes sense in some ways. I just think the first um, two days are the most fun days in sports. I mean, I honestly don't even look at what happens in the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight because I just love the those first round games when there are the upsets, there are the buzzer beaters. I mean, anyone can win. I just think that's that's fun even if they do lose later so i guess that's where i'm coming from i agree with that 100 percent. and i think the thing that i think people kind of get bored once the sweet 16 and the elite eight roll around because you you know there's always going to be a north carolina or a duke or kansas or louisville or something in there and it's not that those aren't good basketball games but i don't think the casual fan like the dude who works a nine-to-five job in the finance world who takes off on thursday to sit there and watch, sit there and watch the games all day. I don't think he's as invested yeah. in the set in the second round, uh, third round, fourth round as he is in the first two. You know, it just doesn't. Yeah, but going back to what you were saying before, what about a team that made it to the finals in the final four is uh, like George Mason, like a uh, hey a Butler who went to back to back finals that kind of elevated yeah. their program to the point where now they're not really mid majors anymore. Butler uh, back then was in a. Sp- a, a different league now they're in the uh, big east hot uh, george mason yeah. went to a, a bigger conference so i think these teams that do catch lightning in a bottle and have these crazy upsets uh it really it really changes their whole program that's true and that's how i could go into a whole nother thing on the conference realignment and all that crap but um you know I, you think of teams like butler and gonzaga wichita state went to the final four four years ago they beat LaSalle in the sweet 16 uh, Dayton, even. I mean, going going back the last five years, the only real underdogs that I found that made it to the Sweet 16 or beyond were Florida Gulf Coast, which made it to the Sweet 16, Ohio, and LaSalle. Um, because Dayton went to the Elite Eight as an 11 seed, and Wichita State went to um, the Final Four as a 9 seed. But even then, we don't like – we've – always kind of felt like those teams are a little bit better than the average mid-major. I mean, Dayton's a good right. team. Wichita State's a good team. Gonzaga has been around there for forever, and they're a number one seed this year. So I just think people kind of get carried away with that kind of stuff. It's like, oh, March Madness is here. Oh, we had a great upset, and then that team gets its <laughs> ass kicked in the second round. <laughs> That's all part of it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, do, you have any, do you have a prediction for the tournament? Uh, let's see. Oh, we asked Jim, actually, today if you guys want that news. He's... He he predicted uh, Villanova. Obviously, he's a little biased. That's his alma mater. Um, what do you I'll say? Take, like, of I'll course they're going to win. I'll take a Villanova <laughs> repeat too. Yeah, yeah. Why not? And I don't I don't have the disdain for Villanova that everybody else does around here. But again, I didn't I didn't go to another Philadelphia area school. So I mean, my perspective no, I when I look at for as at it from as from an outside perspective, I don't see Villanova as being super snobby or whatever. I mean, that group of kids last year was. They were all like really nice guys, really good guys. Yeah. And Jay Wright's always been that yeah, way too. Yeah, they're good guys. Josh Hart's cool. I don't know if you if, like, you matchup. guys see it differently or something because no, he no. went to Penn. I mean, I understand why Temple and St. Joe's people hate them. Uh, it's just a big rivalry. But um, I mean, yeah, I went to Penn. There's not really any like real like animosity towards yeah. towards Villanova. But they have a tough matchup with with uh, Duke. I think I have Duke in the Final Four with uh, Gonzaga, Louisville. Uh, UNC, but I'm always wrong, so don't pick me. I think I have uh, uh, Gonzaga uh, winning it all, but I'm not sure why. I always pick Gonzaga. <laughs> I like them. It's a, it's a whole March Madness thing. They still kind of feel like an underdog. Um, so we'll see if they can get it done. They have a good team. All right, well, let's get it back to the Eagles before, Who's your pick? The, uh, West Virginia? before our no. boss yells at us. Uh, no, my pick was Villanova. 
is West Virginia going to make the Final Four? They're pretty good. Uh, no. In a Pomeroy. We're they're either like, gonna we're down. either gonna get killed by Bucknell or uh, we're gonna go to the Sweet Sixteen. There's never any middle ground with Bob Huggins who who like yeah. has exited the tournament in the first round like 15 times. I don't think you're getting killed by Bucknell. I just like to point out that if we were on WIP or 97.5 right now, our program director would be in our ear. They'd cut right to commercial, screaming. They'd be like, "Get it back to the Eagles." We need to talk about Alshon. What's that Jeffrey. commercial you like on Alshon WIP? Jeffrey. They cut to that commercial, the uh, divorce lawyer guy. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's his name? Um, John, I'm Joe Cordell from yeah. Cordell and Cordell. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not licensed. I'm not licensed <laughs> in your state. Oh, nice. We get paid for that now. But that's okay. Our podcast is, is finally because, making money. Uh, Michelle Ferrari or whatever her name is, she is licensed. Okay, <laughs> right, let's. Uh, some you questions? To, yeah. yeah sure. So let's see. In Ernie, we trust uh, you, Bradley. Ten with Herbers and El Sino healthy, you have a good problem. How do you solve it? Can they both be on simultaneously? Well, this week uh, there's a chance Herbers could start up top at striker and put El Sino in on the right. Right? I mean, maybe in the second half. Um, so you get Her- Herbers and and Alberg. Was that and the El question? Sino, Herbers oh, and Herbers and El Sino together. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't. I would just bring Elsini off the bench. Um, For Herbers. Yeah, probably, yeah. yeah, you probably start Herbers again at right midfield. Jim Jim doesn't change things yeah. up that often when they're going well. Um, what do you do if they're bu- – I mean, both players are good. What if they both get hot? Do you, is there is there a way to try to t- to get those guys both on the field? Or No, I don't think there is. No? They just have no, to I think in. one of them just sits on the bench, yeah. Okay. Uh, Let's see what we got. Has anyone taken the opportunity to measure the width height of our uh, goalpost? We keep hitting them. Is it like the Hoosier scene when they uh, measure the? <laughs> I haven't, but we'll get out. The, I think it's uh, regulation, but it was pretty cool that a Bedoya hit the crossbar and the post, right? <laughs> yeah, the one was offside, right? Yeah. That was a great uh, ball by Harrison. Yeah. yeah, ridiculous. What are your feelings about the uh, the uh, film room series that the team has been putting out on the website? I watched that. That was pretty good. Yeah, it's really that? good. Yeah, that was good yeah stuff. they um they've been really open um and candid with that kind of stuff, which is appreciated for sure. And it just makes it when you're when you try to do analysis and you're trying to you know write things about it, it helps to cross reference just to to be on the same page. It, it makes it easier for me to analyze what they're doing because they provide that like base um, explanation there, you know, and then I can sort of elaborate on it from there. But it, it puts you on the right path and makes makes it so that you know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah. Alex Armstrong, how do we get Alberg more than uh, five minutes in in uh, two combined games? He had this problem last year. They'd bring him in for like three, four minutes at a time, which is kind of hard for for yeah. anybody. You um, either get him on the treadmill yeah, or you get a new coach. I think you got to put him in for at least thirty minutes because it's hard for these guys to come in and especially. Well, there was another like yeah, and there was another question that I just saw on here. Who asked it? Something about um, Bedoya. Uh, sorry, let me find it here. Okay. Uh, can you put somebody is? Can you put Bedoya? Okay, this is uh, I can't even see the damn thing. Um, can the can the Union play Bedoya as a right mid with Alberg in as a ten? Yeah, absolutely, and that's what they did when uh, they made that switch last week. But they only made the switch for five minutes at the end of the game. Uh, absolutely, I mean you have Bedoya who's played as a right winger, left winger for most of his career. Uh, he can absolutely slide out there and you put Alberg in at the ten. I don't I don't see why they can't do that in the seventieth yeah. minute. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, what do you see with the team doing with a do in the future? Oh, we almost made it a whole podcast about a mo question. I, don't I just know. gotta say, can I make a public service announcement uh, here? Like, I'm really I'm scared, and not to try to like 
be a dickhead or anything, but I'm I'm sick of like people asking about Marisa Do because it's just not it, it's it's not it is what it is. I don't I don't know what to tell you. You know, the guy broke his leg. Uh, he hasn't played in a whole year. He hasn't played at all this year. There is no timeline on him coming back. Yeah. They're not going to put a timeline on him coming back because they did that last year and it came back to bite him in the ass. And, um, you know, frankly, with the way that Derek Jones is playing in the midfield right now, I, I don't, I just don't see, I think a healthy Maurice to do as a starter on this team. Absolutely. Still at center back and still at D mid, but I just, we're, we're, there's just going to be this argument that when he comes back, well, Derek Jones is playing well and he's the future. So you're going to put the injured guy in the last year of his contract on the field. It's just not, I mean, to me, the, the, the way everything that this team has said about going with youth and handing opportunities to youth, I can't. I can't imagine if Derek Jones keeps playing the way he does that there's a spot for Maurice to do on the team. Wow, that's a. I mean, so yeah. don't ask about it. I I understand. Get out. I understand why people are are asking. Uh, Get out of here. You can't yell at her. I can do listeners. whatever I want because this is my. If they're gonna stop listening, I kiss. Um, any other questions you say? Or is that it? <laughs> I'm not trying to be an asshole. I just, I'm just trying to tell it how it is. Uh, did anybody else ask I, I think that's it. Everyone's watching games. I got to get back down and watch uh, Princeton. How many minutes will Trusty and Jones get at the uh, U20 that. World Cup? Uh, hopefully as many as possible. <laughs> that's our expert analysis. Oh, here's a good one from uh, James Lockerbie. Did you guys notice the half-hour post-game show? I did not. Uh, I guess after after the Toronto game, right? Yeah. Well, um, a little heavy, a little heavy on commercials, but I appreciated the attempt. How long until they invite one or both of you guys oh, to man. the show? Uh, eternity. To answer he, that one, he's been trying to get me on shows for like James, last two years James, on Twitter. Yeah. I know. He's nice... No, he's a loyal reader, and he's always uh, pining for it's us. Like my do. agent. Yeah. Yeah, but they, listen, CSN ain't putting anybody soccer related on TV. <laughs> so, um, but no, I mean it's it's good. I and whatever coverage you can add, I just don't know. Do you get anything from them? Well, I mean, uh, do you do you, we didn't it, see it because we were there at the stadium. Well, true. Yeah. Did you hear much about it? Like, or no, no. But I don't know what kind of analysis or anything that they're providing. You know, it is. You know, you are always going to get that team like Homer kind of aspect to it. I'm not like accusing anybody of anything, but it's not. That's not exactly like a 100 percent independent like tell it how it is thing. You know, yeah. you don't get that kind of analysis. <laughs> The same that you get on the uh, it's always soccer. It's always soccer in Philadelphia. It's, it's a tough kind. Of, it's a tough time of year too. There's like so much going on in sports. You got the NBA, NHL, baseball's coming back, NFL free agency, March Madness. So yeah, yeah. I feel like March is busy. And, and we were, were kind of we were sitting there under the radar the, now. Yeah, we were sitting there on the conference call today, and uh, Botiford, the PR um, guy, was like, "Hey, anybody got any more questions for for Jim?" <laughs> it's like ten minutes in. Yeah, it's and uh, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, I don't, I don't really have anything else to ask about. I mean, it's it's just there's just not a lot of um, storylines going on right now, and that's always going to hurt. The other thing too about media coverage in this town is that there's just not an, enough union stuff to talk about. Yeah, I always think that's the case with the Eagles, but we can talk about. Uh, a theoretical trade with Brant for Brandon Cooks that never happened. We can talk about that for four straight days. So maybe we're just not good bullshitters, but I just don't <laughs> think that there's like not uh, not enough to. Yeah. I don't think there's enough to to kind of carry um, to kind of justify what everybody's asking for. But. I think that'll change down the road. I think in in like ten twenty years we'll have more of like your regular beat coverage when the league gets bigger, but yeah, for we'll sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. What else do we do? We have anything else to talk about today? Nah, mm-hmm. let's go watch some basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. We don't have much <laughs> for you guys today. Uh, Philadelphia union. Here's 30 minutes. That's good enough. Orlando city. Um, I, I went with a one, one and Dave picked a two to one with two, a, one with Gooch. A Gucci book it. On, yeah. <laughs> all right. 
Mark it down. <laughs> I take it to your uh, to your bookie. Do you still have bookies? That's uh, a take stone. it to your online website for gambling purposes. I tried to play DraftKings today, but they don't do college anymore. Is that what happened? Uh, I don't know. I'm not a degenerate. I really am not. I play, play DraftKings <laughs> like once every five weeks. Or and something. please don't take any of my gambling advice. I was just kidding. <laughs> Uh, got a gambling problem called one eight hundred Gambler. Um, oh, two commercials. We're, yeah, we're gonna get paid so much for this podcast. Anyway, thanks for listening, uh, Joe Cordell, alongside Dave Zeitlin. <laughs> Happy always, March Madness. It's always soccer in Philadelphia.